it was shocking. It was surprising. We kind of had been trying to have a kid, so it wasn't like it was that big of a surprise when I got the news. But still, it, it, when it hits you, it hits you hard. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now, here's your host, Art Eddie. This week's Art of Fatherhood podcast is being brought to you by Four Fathers. If you're tired of your look or you regret putting that I used to be cool bumper sticker on your car, you need to check out Four Fathers. No, I'm not talking about the founding fathers of America. I'm talking about the fantastic clothing brand, Four Fathers. Yet, I do think George Washington, the boy, would rock a lot of the clothes from Four Fathers. From the boardroom to the back nine, barbecues to bath time, changing diapers to changing oil, Forefathers offers beautifully designed, thoughtfully tailored, ultra comfortable, and original polos for dads of all shapes and sizes. Inspired by what it means to be a true father, they celebrate the joys of this fatherhood adventure with fun and friendly dad apparel meant to be worn as a dad badge of honor. I love the attention to detail that Nick and his crew over at Forefathers have for their clothes. Their names alone are legit. There is the meat sweats, glazed over, beer me, and turf dad. And as a sneakerhead, there are so many sneakers that would match perfectly with all the Forefathers clothing line. So if you're looking for a unique gift for your dad or dad, you want to purchase it yourself, check out all the great shirts, hats, and shirts for kids over at their site at shopforefathers.com. That's shop, F-O-R-E, fathers.com. What's going on, everybody? Art Eddie here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very happy to have AJ Perzinski. Thanks for taking the time. Chat with me, sir. How you doing? I am doing just great. How about you? <laughs> doing well, man. Looking forward to <laughs> chat with about baseball. Of course, all the good things you're doing on Fox and, of course, uh, follow territory. But I like to bring good guys like yourself to talk about the fatherhood journey. You got two kids just like me. Talk a little bit about when you found out you were going to be a dad, what was going through your mind, sir? Um, panic for sure. I was an only child, so I never had to take care of anybody but myself. Right. So then you get married and you're like, yeah, I got my wife and she's going to do everything and we can kind of, I can keep playing baseball. And then all of a sudden you get the, Oh yeah, I'm pregnant. And uh, guess what? You're thinking, Oh my gosh, now I have to worry about someone else. So um, it was, it was shocking. It was surprising. We kind of had been trying to have a kid. So it wasn't, like it was that big of a surprise when I got the news, but still it, it when it hits you, it hits you hard. And, uh, I still remember when my daughter was born, uh, we had, we were supposed to have an off day. I was playing for the white Sox in 2005 and it was labor day. And, uh, instead we had a game in Boston as a makeup game. And, um, I was sitting in the delivery room watching the game on ESPN while the team was playing in Chicago or in Boston. And I was like, this is just really strange to me. And then I, Remember when my daughter was born, you know, you get handed the baby by your, by the doctor and you take it out, kind of took her out a little bit to see everybody. And my mom said to me, she said, gosh, the look of panic on your face, I will never forget. And I was thinking, man, that is just how I feel on the inside. So thanks mom for uh, putting it into words for me. <laughs> Mom's over there to give you the truth. I love it. Um, <laughs> but again, thank you for sharing that too. Cause again, like, you know, you, you said you've been an only child. And when I talk to people who were an only child and, you know, a lot of dads say like, you know, once I became a father, I learned that back in the day, I was kind of selfish because it was all about me. And yeah, I might have a spouse, but for you to kind of have that like mentality to see like the people I work with, they're playing in a game right now. I'm not there. And then all of a sudden like life changes and you're, cause you're holding your daughter. Right. So it, it's just funny how life puts you in perspective, especially like parenting puts you in perspective 
I'm, I'm guessing, and I don't want to put too many words in your mouth, but to be where you are, not only to make it to the top and go to the MLB, but also make it to the top and be a fantastic broadcaster slash, you know, host for different things on Fox Sports, talking about baseball. That in itself is pretty is pretty sweet. So I know that you got to have hard work and determination. But what what are some of the values besides those two that you're going to look to instill into your kids? Well, the biggest thing I try to uh, instill in my kids, which is the hardest one, is just try to be a good person. I, I, listen, I, we all, as a professional athlete, things are said about you, but just know that the people that care about you, they know the real you, right? So whatever people say about you, it doesn't matter because you really only have a very small group of friends. And I, when I mean friends, I mean good friends. We all have a lot of acquaintances, but there's only a select few people in your life that you actually can say, hey, if I went to jail at two in the morning, who could I call? They would show up and they wouldn't tell anybody. Those are your friends, right? Those are the people that you're like, okay, I can count on this guy or this girl. And, and, and to have those people is what's special. And we have a very tight-knit family, my wife and my two kids. We don't, we don't, publicize a lot of the stuff we do. We just kind of do it as a family. We have our friends. Um, but the one thing, you know, be accountable, be present is a big thing for me. Um, be present when you're there and, and be nice and just be a good person are the, really the things that we, we preach the most. And listen, my wife deserves most of the credit because she has done most of the work. I mean, I played until my kids were, you know, over 10 years old. So they were raised by my, my wife, even though I was there as much as I could be. I mean, I was gone for seven months of the year. Yeah. Um, so she did most of the work, so she deserves a lot of the credit. And, and so far, knock on wood, my, my kids have been okay. They've, they've been pretty darn good. <laughs> nice, man. Talk about like, maybe just with that, did you guys talk about fatherhood in the clubhouse? Obviously I know that you guys are there. Like, yes, you guys are playing a game, but this is your profession. This is your livelihood, but I'm guessing like, you know, during downtime, whatever, like fatherhood or certain things would come up in the clubhouse. Oh, oh gosh. Are you kidding me? Kids always were a part of the, the topics because you always had stories about, Oh, my dumb kid did this or my stupid kid did this. Right. And then the other guy would be like, yeah, well, guess what? My kid can top that because he did something stupid, more stupid or whatever. He did something <laughs> dumber. Uh, so it's just, it, it's funny because when I was with the whites, when I was with the twins, I didn't have any kids and there was guys that were older, they had kids. And now I look up and some of the guys I played with their kids are out of college and some of them are playing sports and some of them are, on television and some of them are, are, are graduated college and out working in the real world. They're all honorable and they're all great. And it's funny when you talk to those people and my kids are still in high school. So they're talking about, man, my one Denny Hawking his two daughters just got drafted by the women's professional soccer league. And I mean, I remember them running around the clubhouse and they were just little kids. And now I guess they're playing professional soccer. Uh, Latroy Hawkins kids are, are grown. Eddie Guardado, a buddy of mine, his kids are, you know, one of his kids is on a network TV show. And it's just crazy that, that that it's come to this. But you just look back and you say, man, I remember when that kid was like four or five years old running around and you're telling him to go get you some candy or get you a water bottle. Oh, okay, whatever you want. And now they're on doing all these great things. So everyone has stories. And it's like any other profession. I feel like if you go into work and you like your colleagues that you work with, you talk about your life and you say, hey, you know, I my kid did this or my kid did this. And it's not a brag thing. Usually, especially in baseball, we make fun of our kids because that's what we did with each other. When you do something dumb, you get called out. So with our kids, you know, there's there's times about my kid did this or said this, and the other guys like, oh yeah, well, my, like I said, my kid did this, and you won't. And it's just it's one after the other, and it's 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 great that we can all relate to that. Love it. Talk about something that your kids have taught you either about yourself or about life that maybe you didn't know was there, but once you became a dad, it kind of was visible to you. 
Well, the one thing that, uh, well, patience is the first for me. Uh, my kids, even though my kids swear I'm not very patient, in my world, I'm super patient with them. So it, if you had them on here, they'd say, oh, they, he gets mad at nothing. But in my mind, I'm like, man, well, I, I give you a couple chances before I get mad. <laughs> you know, when I, when I say to you, hey, I'm talking to you and you're on your phone for the third time, yes, then I get mad. But the first two, I'll give you the first two. Hey, Ava, hey, Austin, da-da-da-da-da. Uh, and they don't look up. They're, they're literally like this on their phone, and they never look up. And then I'd say, hey. I'm talking to you and they don't do it the second time. Well, then the third time, that's when I kind of lose my temper a little bit on them. And they're, why are you yelling? Well, I'm not, but the first two times I asked you, you didn't respond. So I got to yell to get your attention. Um, so patience is definitely <laughs> there, one my thing. Friend. I, been there. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Every parent has been there in today's world. Um, so patience is definitely something I learned. And just, again, when you become a, a, a parent, uh, we had dog before and you're like, okay, well that you love your dog. But then when you have another human being, the, the, just the love you have for them and the, and the, and the want to help them in every which way is just, it grows so much. You can't even, until you're a parent to another human being, you can't describe it. Well said hundred percent agree on that. Now, usually before I go, like last question about fatherhood is like a dad hack or a piece of advice. I'm going to ask you kind of change it up a little bit for families thinking about going to a major league baseball game. What are some, like, what's a hack or what's a good piece of advice for maybe a first time going to a Major League Baseball game that you would definitely share with people who haven't been, you know, to a baseball game with their family? Because everyone's like, I try to know what's going to be like, but what do you have like a hack or like a piece of advice for them? Well, the biggest thing I would tell them, they're going to make, it depends on how old your kids are. Um, and if they're into that autograph, AG kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, but I would say the biggest hack for me, and I have to do this when I go to games, Download your tickets on your phone before you go to the game. Make sure you have them on your phone in your wallet because I've been there and I've stood at the gate and I'm like, I played baseball for two decades <laughs> in the major leagues and I can't get in because my stupid phone won't download the, the little tickets, right? So download the tickets on your phone before you go. Make sure you have them handy. And then if you want autographs, one, let your kids do it because your kids will get more autographs than any adult will. And two, Wear a jersey of the team you want in autograph. If you're at a Yankees game and you ask a Red Sox guy to autograph, guess what? They're probably not going to do it, but they'll sign all the all the Yankees jerseys, but they're not going to sign for the kid in a Red Sox jersey. Why? Just because that's the way it works. We want to help our fans, not other teams' fans. Yeah. Thank you very much. Great pieces of advice right there and hacks going for, you know, uh, going to a baseball game. Look for deals because teams will do deals. So if you have kids, they'll do like, family of four pack for like 40 bucks and you get four hot dogs, four Cokes, four fries. So look for deals too, because all the teams do these deals. And I know people say it's expensive, but if you, if you go to the right day and you pick the right games, it can be very affordable and a great time. Totally agree. I was just going to say like, I didn't, I'm not saying you're playing like, do you know who I am type of deal? But like, I could not imagine being the usher being like, Wait, who are you? <laughs> oh, it's happened. Especially since you're on Fox Sports, like talking oh, about it's, baseball. It, ha it happens. I was at the World Baseball Classic, and I was like, oh, thank goodness I downloaded my tickets. Because the line, the, the list of people that were on their phone scrambling, going, oh, where's my tickets? Where's my tickets? So uh, thank goodness I, I had already learned that. No doubt, man. Uh, so you mentioned, you know, you know, when you were playing for the Twins, that was the first time you got into the league. What was that first game like for you? Like, because you, you know, the like whatever it is, you never forget your first. But like for you, do you remember like just what you were feeling and how that game went? Uh, I came in. It was in Anaheim. Uh, my first day in the big leagues was the day Mark McGuire broke the home run record. Oh. So uh, it was nine eight ninety eight. It's real easy to remember nine eight nine eight. 
Um, and we were in Anaheim and, um, I, I don't really remember much except for that moment. Yeah. Uh, we were taking batting practice and they stopped and they put it on the big screen in Anaheim stadium and they showed McGuire hit, hit the 62nd home run. Uh, so that was a huge deal. And then I actually got into the game the next day. Uh, I came in in like the fourth or fifth inning and, uh, goes with the twins. Tom Kelly was our manager. He said, Hey, you're going in. Cause we were losing like, I think 10 to nothing or something. He's like, this guy can't screw this up any worse. So I actually go into the game and the first throw I threw to second base in between innings, I, I swear, I think I threw it over the center field fence and I came in and after the inning, we got out of the inning and Ron Gardenhire became my manager was third base coach. And he's like, nice fricking throw. And I was like, Oh, you guys saw that? Like, Oh no. And he was dying on me. It's like, okay. He's like, it's okay. It happens to everybody. And uh, so then I got my first at bat. And the only thing I said in my head was just don't strike out. I don't care what happens. I just didn't want to strike out my first at bat. And I hit a ground ball to second. And I swear I've never run that fast or been that excited to make it out because it was like, whew, okay, I can hit the ball at the major league level. I didn't strike out. And uh, that was it. I mean, it, other than that, it was just a blur, right? It, just a big blur. I remember I got hit by a pitch my second at bat and Terry Collins was the manager of Anaheim. And he came out and argued that I stuck my arm into it. And, our, and, we're, and I'm like, dude, it's my second big league at bat, my first big league game. You really think I'm going to try and get hit on purpose? Like, no, I want to get hit. I want to get a hit because I might never get that chance. Yeah, nice. No, okay, so one blur to another. 2005, you get to the White Sox. You guys win the World Series. You know, just at that point, man, like – you know, bringing a championship to Chicago. Of course, I think that, you know, had the Bulls and all that, but like just with, you know, sports and all that, whether it's the Bears, the Cubs, the White Sox, whatever, like you bring in a championship, pandemonium in Chicago and all that good stuff. What are you most proud of from that year? Uh, winning. That's it. Uh, winning. It's about winning. When you play, stats are great. Um, but listen, I, I've done a million interviews with dudes that never win. And the one thing they always say is I never got to win. And so winning in Chicago with the way it was 88 years since anybody had won a world series and to, to be a, the, on the team and to go, we went wire to wire. People forget we won 99 games. We went wire to wire. We were first place the first day and first place the last day. And that just doesn't happen. Plus we went 11 and one in the postseason, which is the best record of all time. And nobody talks about it. Everyone says, ah, the white Sox, Oh, they won. Oh, yeah, who cares? But they list the greatest teams that won and you should put us right at the top. And the group of guys we had was just incredible. I mean, uh, getting along. Sure, we had fights like a parent. You get in a fight with your kid, but the next day it was gone. And uh, just winning. I mean, I, I, again, I can't describe it. Next to getting married, being a father, it's the greatest feeling as a professional you can have. Whatever your job is, imagine it, getting the greatest honor you could have. And that's what winning the World Series is for a baseball player. Nice. Uh couple more questions in baseball and finish off with the father quick five. So for you, like just, you know, you always hear the term in the zone, right? Whether it's basketball, football, baseball, whatever for you, what is it like to be just like in the zone in the sense of like, just having a great day of hitting, fielding, whatever the case may be, what is it like for you? What are you kind of experiencing? And what do you almost like remember from one of those like days where you're just like, I can't lose. I can't like put <laughs> everything good. Right. It's one of those things that uh, everything slows down when you were going good in, in, in hitting, everything was in slow motion and you could do no wrong. Like you said, it just, I, it's like the world is moving in slow motion and you just, you almost see things before they're happening. You're thinking in your head, okay, well, the count is this, he's going to throw me this. And then he throws it right where you're looking for it. And you put a swing on it and it's almost second nature. 
it, yeah. it, the you know people say the ball looks bigger. It's not that it looks bigger. It just looks like it's moving so slow. And you, you they release it, and you, your eyes are like, there it is. It's just what I was looking for. And then you put the perfect swing on it, and it just goes. And they're very fleeting in baseball. And those those days or those weeks, or even sometimes you get like a month of that where it's just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe everything worked out. And then as soon as you're you think in your mind. I got it all figured out. Then you go for 20 and it all starts over again. So it's a constant battle in baseball. But when you get those days, weeks, months, and everything is just, you're like, no one can get me out. And it's a great feeling to go to the park. Nice. First home run or just the the feeling of a home run is like what? The first home run, like you said, you never forget it. I I remember Paul Abbott in Seattle. Uh, you're just running around the bases and you just don't want to stop. You just want to keep running around the bases and enjoy the moment. Uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. And then, and then home runs, um, especially at home are, are great because the crowd is into it. And if you hit a huge home run in the playoffs or you just don't, again, like you just don't want it to stop. You just wish you could just keep running and running and running. You hit a walk-off home run, you get to home plate and you're, you're running down the third baseline. Your whole team is there and you just take a snapshot and you say, man, you like click. Okay, this is what it's about because we just won the game. You just won the game, yeah. and everyone's just waiting for you, and they're jumping up and down and they're throwing stuff on you. And it's the individually, it's probably as a hitter the best feeling you can have to hit that walk off home run. Hit a big home run. I mean, nothing means more. Now I hit some home runs. Like I hit a home run in Wrigley on the road, and they stopped the game for like 15 minutes because all those awesome Cub fans threw trash on the field protesting. Right. So that was great because I'm running around the field watching all these fools throw all this stuff on the field, and you're like, I just did that. And you <laughs> stopped the game for 15 minutes, right? And then you get a curtain call on the road from the White Sox fans in Wrigley. Nothing will ever top that. It's like the greatest moment you could have. That is fantastic. Love that. Uh, I think when I talk to athletes, one of the things I feel, and I know I'm preaching the choir probably, but like I feel like like you hear everybody's salary you hear this or that and that's just like for other people like if you're working in banking or if you're this or that like you could have an idea of what they make but you're not actually getting what their contract is and I, as i grew older and i understood like all right sports is a business i get that right because when you're a kid you just fantasize about these people staying on your favorite team forever right it doesn't happen it doesn't anymore. happen hardly ever but i think one thing that goes out of the mix is when your team or player gets traded they don't think about all the things that people do when they have to move or go somewhere. Right. So for you, what do fans not realize that when you go from one team to another, like the, the toughest like transition for you is, is what? Well, the first time you switch teams, uh, I grew, I was drafted by the twins, came up through the twins organization and I got traded to the giants and you were like, ah, what's the big deal. But when you first put on that other uniform, you're thinking, Kind of like what you said, I'm going to be a twin for life. I'm never going to change teams. I'm never going to – I'm going to be Kirby Puckett, and I'm going to have my number retired by the twins, and I'm going to be here for 20 years. And then you at least switch teams for the first time, and you're just like, wait, they don't do things the same. and Everything is different. Mm. Uh, I went from having spring training in Florida where I live and to having spring training in Arizona, and you know, a new way to the ballpark. And then you get to San Francisco, and it's just – everything is a little bit different. And it's just – Everything has changed. It's 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 really it's almost a shock to your system. Now, luckily, that happened in the off season for me, uh, and then I ended up bouncing around to seven different teams total. So you, every time, it's a little bit easier switching teams because yeah. you kind of know how to make that transition. But I remember in fourteen, I was at the Red Sox, and then I went to the Cardinals. In the middle of the year, you show up at a team, and you're like, "Where am I going to live? 
where do I, where do I go eat? Uh, what do I do? Uh, how do I get to the park? What do I need? How do we do travel? How do we do uh, road trips? How do we do when we get home? And it's just, you're asking all these guys, you're like, Hey, Matt holiday, Matt Carpenter, Adam Wainwright. Hey, what do we do when we go to the airport? How do we work? Oh, Matt, Matt Carpenter. Oh, you have a place. You just move. Can I stay in your apartment? He's like, yeah, you know, the rents, you just take over the rent. I was like, perfect. Uh, so they made it pretty easy, but man, switching teams is hard because it just changes everything in your life. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing that. One more question before we finish off with the father, quick five from baseball. Like I said, like it's, it's amazing for, cause sometimes, you know, for you and your personality, like, Oh, it's, it's natural. Of course he's going to go from playing the game to now being on TV. <laughs> right. But there's a lot of work that goes into it. And when I talk to athletes who like make that great transition and it's like, you're going from one high platform to another and, you know, being on Fox sports and all that, and obviously foul territory, what was maybe the biggest misconception that you've had, or did you have other people in your circle that went from playing in the game to like being on TV and they saw maybe that's where you were going? Did they give you advice or was there something that maybe tripped you up from playing major league sports? Um, you know, the when I, I was very fortunate because Fox had me do it when I was still playing. Okay. So I had a little bit of a better of a, uh, education, I guess, but it was on job education. There was no, the biggest thing people say is, Hey, did you go to school for this? Did you, do they teach you how to do this? And I'm like, no, they don't tell you anything. Yeah. They just say, Hey, there's the camera talk. And you're thinking, uh, okay. And a lot of people you'd be surprised, or I don't know if you would be surprised when that red light goes on, people are, some people just don't know what to say. They're, uh, uh, Oh man, oh, it's my turn. And fortunately I don't, I've never had that problem. I've never really been afraid of public speaking or, or performing in front of, crowds it's just never been my thing obviously um, <laughs> no but i listen i i know a lot of people that can't do it people are like man yeah. i hate mark burley he got his number retired he's like i don't want to talk and i'm like dude you got to talk it's your number retirement and he's like okay i'm gonna make this as quick as possible and he did it <laughs> and he did a great job so but there's a lot of people that as you know that are scared to death of talking and having people hear what they say and i just never maybe because i just don't care that much really mm -hmm. honestly i just don't care what people say um but the, the best advice I was ever given was from Hawk Harrelson, who I've known for, who was the White Sox announcer for forever and in the Hall of Fame for broadcasting. He said, just be yourself and do what you, do the game how you think people would want you to, to, to hear, hear someone call the game. That's kind of what we try to do when I'm doing the game. I try to have fun. Yes, we talk about the game. We, we talk about what's going on, the strategy and all that. But at the same time, if there's some guy doing something crazy in the stands with a crazy hat on and we show it, we'll talk about that too because people – want to know where we're human beings and and we laugh so it's just that and I, I remember the first game i ever did was a Rays yankees game and i did it with uh kenny albert who was one of the best in the business and i remember i got done and i was like that was way harder than i thought it was going to be it was way harder and then you get a call from your bo the boss at fox sports and he's like okay this is what i got for you and he said just you know he, he kind of runs through the game with you and you're like okay okay i get it i get it again and then you just try to learn from it and, and because i think the biggest thing you think when you're doing a baseball game or probably any sport is you have to talk all the time and that you have to understand that there's dead time and you have to let the game kind of feed itself right a guy hits a huge home run they don't need me to tell me a home run we don't need our play-by-play -play guy let the crowd tell you the guy just hit a huge home run let him run around the bases let us show all the crowd going crazy the fireworks going off there's plenty of time after that to talk about what just happened so that was the hardest thing to learn i think that's the hardest thing for most announcers to learn is let the game tell you what's happening. Don't try to make your broadcast more than the game. Let the game be the show. Awesome. And kind of with that, you know, you see a lot of with the new rules, 
especially in spring training, a lot of people were like, pitch counter, this or that. What about for you guys in the in the broadcast booth? Ooh. It's quick. <laughs> it is fast. Uh, because you don't have time for replays. You don't have time to – you got to cut your short, stories down short. Yeah. So you've got to be real concise. You've got to be real on point at all times because even if – I've done – you know, I did a game last weekend, Cubs and Marlins, and it was 7-6. And it was a slog fest because of walks and it would have been a four and a half hour game. This, it was three thirteen, And we we're like, Oh, only three thirteen. That's usually the last few years. We've been like, Oh, that's, that's good game time. Now, if they're over two you're like, man, that game took forever. So, but it's, it's just better because more action. Yeah. Well, listen, it's hard on the producer. It's hard on the director because they don't have time to get to a lot of the elements we have built. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. And I'm going to finish off the father quick five. Favorite family movie? Do you guys have one? Oh gosh, um, uh, yeah, we uh, we all watch Harry Potter's together, uh, nice. just because right. that's about the right age. And then we live in Orlando. We've been to Universal, so the Harry Potter's is kind of kind of the one that we've watched more than any other ones. Nice. Do you guys have your own houses? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we did all that. I was in uh, Gryffindor. Gryffindor. My daughter, of course, was Slytherin. Uh, I think my wife was. We were all in the four different ones, so I, I Ravenclaw know I was, and stuff like that. My my son, I think was my wife was Ravenclaw. I think my son was Hufflepuff. Nice, but was they all there... fit perfectly. They all like fit perfectly for our personalities. <laughs> awesome. Favorite band or musician you couldn't wait to share that you know your kids the music like hey this is my music you should check it out or is that not happening in your household? I don't know why the song that my kids identify the most with is Ignition by R. Kelly. And I don't know why it's the remix one with the beep beep, because I think when they were, we were it would come on the radio when they were younger. I'd be yeah. driving and I'd get, I'd do the beep beep. So my kids know every word to that song, and it's sad to admit, but uh, I, it's just that's the song that still makes us laugh. Every we'll hear it on the radio, and my kids go crazy, and and they they think it's I don't know, it's it's yeah. just that song. Appreciate the honesty, man, right there. Uh, describe the perfect family vacation. Where would it be? Oh man, we've, dude, I've been very fortunate. I've taken my kids all over the world. So nice. anywhere with them, really, we've been, you know, every, a lot of, almost every place. And I mean, there's yeah. still a lot more, but a lot of the big tourist places we've been and done and just anywhere with the the four of us is, is always a, a great time. We did, uh, you know, we did Israel, Jordan and Egypt for Christmas, uh, wow. nice. this past Christmas. Uh, you know, my kids have been on safaris. They've, they've been, you know, to pretty much everywhere you can, all through Europe. Uh, we're, one thing we do with our kids is we travel. We travel a lot, and uh, it's our thing. And uh, my kids love to do it, and my wife loves to do it. I love to go places, uh, new places, and uh, just anywhere with those four, we always have a good time. There's sure there's going to be ups and downs like anything, but we have a good time. Nice. So I grew up in Naperville for a bit, uh, like when I was in like elementary school and middle school. I remember out of the team I was on had the Chicago White Sox hat with the C, like the, you know, the cursive C. And I always loved that just because I remember the fact that like, oh, I was on that, you know, team. It was like a White Sox player, right? So for you, favorite White Sox uniform, do you have one? <laughs> well, I love the 83s, the the ones kind of with the socks, the, the little yeah. batter guy, you know, that yeah. one was, but the one that I liked and they got rid of it was the sleeveless ones. We wore them in 2005. Okay. Uh, we, they were kind of the sleeveless, kind of, you know, show off yeah. the muscles uh even though i always wore long sleeves but uh uh that was because i had those in high school too so they were just always more comfortable to me and they got rid of it so they could use the blacks uh which which i love uh the the white socks the 
when we would wear the 83 ones, it was always, it was always a cool thing. Nice. And lastly, top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad. What would you want them to be? Oh my God. I know. Oh, present would be one, um, nice. present, honest with them. Um, and then geez, uh, third one, um, responsible. I, I mean, nice. responsible, uh, listen, be, if you're there, you're honest with them and you're responsible for your actions. Most things will go right in, in, in the world. And, um, you know, and then love the heck out of your kids because like, I mean, it just seems like yesterday I was holding my daughter and now today I had a ceremony where she's going to be a senior in high school. So it's like, Oh man, boy, time flies when you're having fun and when you're not having fun. <laughs> well said, sir. Thank you very much. Where can people find you on social media, sir? Oh, geez. I have to look them up. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Um, hold on. Let me look. It's funny. It's AJ that. underscore just... Przinsky FT, right? Yes. Uh, but one of them is different than the other one. One is one has two underscores. Okay. So uh, hold on. I'm looking so here. That's probably the Instagram is the two underscore a one. AJ underscore Przinsky FT is Twitter. And then the one with two underscores is hold on. Let me find this here. Jeez, uh, Is this sad that I don't know? And, uh, AJ underscore Przinsky underscore FT. Okay, cool. So yes. Listen, if you type in my name and it doesn't have an FT on it, then guess what? It ain't me. And anyone <laughs> who's impersonating me, you're an idiot because no one cares that much about what I say. So you're wasting your time. Um, but you know, I'm trying to get trying to get uh, verified on Instagram, but you have to be on there six months, and I haven't been on there six months yet. So they won't let me get the little blue checks. People are always like, "Why don't you have the blue check? We don't know it's you." And I'm like, "Well, dude, talk to the people at, at Instagram because they won't let me." And also check out a show, Follow Territory, and watch him on Fox covering uh, Major League Baseball. Thank I know you're super busy. Thank you so much for your time. I wish you and your family continued success, sir. Thanks, our Great show, and uh, thanks for having me on. Thank you. I want to thank Four Fathers for sponsoring this week's Art of Fatherhood podcast. Nick, who started up the company, is a really cool guy, and he set up a really cool community over at Four Fathers. Not only can you get some sweet shirts for yourself, but there's also some matching stuff for your kids to rock with you. Like I said, awesome shirts named Meat Sweats, Glazed Over, Beer Me, Turf Dad, and like for me as a sneakerhead, I love the fact that there's so many cool clothing options that can match up with my sneakers. Go to shopforfathers.com. That's shop, F-O-R-E, fathers.com. Support Nick. He's got a lot of great shirts over there and a fantastic community he's building. And while you're on the internet, make sure you check out the Art of Fatherhood website over at artoffatherhood.net. You can check out podcasts, reviews, the Dad's Doing It Right column. You can win prizes, all that good stuff. And when you listen to the podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review. And I appreciate your support as I try to promote good fatherhood examples all around the world through my podcast and articles. Thank you again. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to theartoffatherhood.net.